anti-racism, diversity, inclusivity, don't know what to do, tough conversations. That is what this episode is about. You guys know that I don't shy away from sharing how I feel about things and also ways that this applies and impacts your business. This episode is great because I have a social media strategist who is coming on board to help us walk through navigating these tough discussions and giving you some guidance on how to manage this time and making a plan of action going forward in your business. Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainke. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I wanted to talk about two things real quick. First, don't forget that Eden Law is having $500 off trademark applications through the end of June 2020, eden-law.com. The second thing is this episode, I am talking with Kia from The Social Crown. We are going to get into the tough discussions of including racial discussions, inclusivity, diversity, and these major national conversations that are happening right now in our world and how that fits into your business brand. I'm also going to be linking on the show notes page, rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 126, a list of anti-racism resources and other great resources for you to check out. Jump over to the show notes page, click through the resources, consume the content, apply it to your business. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 126 of the Business Bites podcast. I am your host, Rachel Brinke, and today I'm joined with one of my favorite people in the industry, Kia Young. She is a social strategist and mentor who doesn't just love helping business owners, but she's obsessed with helping them focus on hashtag what matters most. The goal is to build a thriving online community that converts. I love her agency, The Social Crown, because it supports service-based businesses, personal brands, and nonprofits internationally. I also love her because she's a fellow military spouse. They currently live in Maryland, and I hope she stays there so we can meet up for crab cakes soon. She also has a big family like me and loves puppies and loves tacos. So Kia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I have great news. We are settling in Maryland. We'll have to meet up soon. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me, Rachel. I'm super excited to talk about this and talk to you. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, I'm so happy to connect with you. I had the pleasure of speaking at a conference slash retreat that Kia is ahead of along with the, it's the Make Her Retreat for Military Spouses. We did it last fall and it was incredible. It was one of the most well done resources. And I think I even told you there that I wish that had been available when I was first starting out in business 15 years ago. (laughs) And it would have been really nice to have that. And so, of course, obviously, I've always looked to you for social strategy and also asking tough questions about diversity. And right now we all know that there is a lot of talk going on. There's a lot of impassioned feelings online. And I wanted to bring you on to talk about how to speak out during um, current climates and tough situations. Before we get to that though, let's just introduce how you got into this and kind of your story. And then we'll dig into the meat of the topic. Yeah, so um, I officially quit corporate America back in 2012 um, on a whim. So I wasn't even 
that wasn't even in the cards for me. My husband was deployed and realized that I was not valued where I was. And um, I missed my kids. Like I saw them, mm-hmm. like I saw them like an hour in the morning and a couple hours before they had to go to bed at night. And with him being deployed um, and some things happened at work where I was like, I think that I'm just going to chart my own path. Um, And that was kind of solidified that summer when he came home. And I realized we took a two week vacation. um, And I realized I would have never been able to do that if I was Mm -hmm. still, you know, employed in corporate America. And I kind of made the decision then that I never wanted to have to ask permission to be with the people who mattered most to me and do the things that mattered most to me. So um, my my journey of entrepreneurship looked a little different after that. I did um, I was a top leader at, at, with a direct sales company. Then I did some freelance writing, um, and one of those clients, one of my writing clients, asked me to take over their social media because she just noticed that I could really get conversations started just on my personal. Mm-hmm. And like, take this over for me. I was like, really? That's a thing? And she paid me for it. And when that contract was over, she was like, you really should consider starting your own social media business. And I was like, that is a thing? And she's like, it's a thing. So you told me that. And a week later, I launched the Social Crown. I got my first client on the day that I announced the business. And it's just been a fun ride ever since then. So um, it's, it's, it's been um, the perfect culmination of all the things that I love. You use my favorite word, which is obsessed. And I'm really, <laughs> uh, I really am obsessed with like community and connection and like real authentic, like I can't stand like surface conversations or anything mm-hmm. that just feels like very tepid. So this is just my jam. And I I love getting into the psyche around what makes people take action. Um, And so this is just kind of like the perfect storm of all the things that I'm obsessed with. So there you go. Well, I love how you talk about, you know, you like you want to do things that make people take action, but it's not just standing on the top of social media and yelling for action. You inspire a lot of action um, just by what you post on your own personal social media. You know, we're friends on Facebook and I get inspired just because of the way that you uplift the community around you. And so I can see all the things that other people are doing. And that's an inspirational to me. Like I don't need a huge call all the time, yeah. but the consistent output of that and showing how you're a champion for community really is a good way, I think, to drive action. So I love that not only are you putting out this content, especially this article that we're going to talk about here in a second um, about speaking out about major issues, but even just when there's not quote unquote, you know, major issues that are being slammed and going along, but just the consistent uplifting of community is really encouraging. Well, thanks. I, I try. That's what I try to do. You got to you got to talk the talk and walk the walk if you're going to be a social strategist. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, and that's a good segue, because one of the things and you and I know we've had conversations. I have come to you before and I may have not been perfect and being an ally, but I've always been trying. And I think uh, this episode really is I want to give a platform and ways for entrepreneurs to speak out, especially now when exactly what you said in this article, and I'll link this for you guys at rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 126. Um, it's also at kiayoung.com, but it's three ways to speak out. And you said by choosing silence, make no mistake, you are hurting your business. Do you want to expand a little bit on that as far as I, I'll let you expand, then I'll follow up with some questions. Yeah. So you know, when we take on being an entrepreneur or being a leader, 
you're taking on um, the responsibility to teach for people to have access to you. And mm. they, they start to expect things from you as someone that they have trusted um, to be a leader, to add value to their lives. So when you build a community, we do have a responsibility to show up and people are waiting to see how they react. That's the whole, that's the, the, the definition of being an influencer and um, entrepreneurs can be influencers and vice versa. So if you served your community and, and I always feel like if you, if they know your heart and they know where you stand um, and, and, and you've kind of tested and, and tried all the things Grace kind of lives there. So if, mm-hmm. if you've built that authentic community, um, we're going to disappoint them at some in some way, shape or form. But because Grace lives there, because you've shown up as your full self um, and they expect that from you, it's harder to walk away from. And it's harder for people to say, um, you know, I'm never going to do business with you again. Or I, I can't I, I can no longer follow you because you have been authentic this whole time. Mm-hmm. So you, that saying that you teach people how to treat you goes for entrepreneurship too. Like we have taught them what to expect from us. So to go silent at that time when mm-hmm. they're used to you speaking on the things that mm-hmm. matter, um, you're you're showing them exactly what matters to you. And, and, and being silent um, right now is uh, showing your true colors. You know, one of the things that I've kind of struggled with is that I've been super vocal on my personal social media, right? Mm-hmm. And I've kind of always had this old school mentality of that <sighs> politics, um, personal preferences over, I mean, we're talking deep personal preferences and right. allyship, you know, not like I like decaf coffee over regular coffee. Right. Always kind of was taught that that wasn't to be publicly discussed. And so, and as a people pleaser, you know, you just said, you're always going to disappoint some, somebody and my heart goes, ah, because I want to please everyone. And I think that it's hard. It's hard, but it's not. I hope I can communicate this properly and that my heart's in a good place with this is that it is it is hard to break, not even just now, but in any climate. I think it's hard to break from this conditioning that I feel like mm-hmm. um, we have been taught. And, and even I think even more so five, 10 years ago on social media where everything was supposed to be neutral. Everything was supposed to be happy, go lucky. Um, So for me, that's something I have fought with. And I've especially fought that recently when I've had people challenge me because I've stood up. I'm like, screw it. You know what? You don't like what I stand for, whatever. But I've had people ask me, how does this even fit? What does this have to do with your business? What do you say to someone that asks that question? Yeah. So who, especially on the service-based business side, right? Like in having a personal brand, part of that is who you are. Like they Mm -hmm. do business with you. They could choose a ton of different attorneys. They choose you because they like Rachel. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. a huge part of building a community. So it has a lot to do with it, especially if you're on the service-based side. Um, People being um, authentic and, and true to who you are is just a natural continuation with businesses. So it has a lot to do with it. But even more than that, this whole com- um, conversation around race itself is just uncomfortable, period. But I think mm-hmm. people have, because it's uncomfortable, people have lumped it into, oh, it's political. But it's not yeah. politics. No, it's not at all. Just like 
your neighbor. This is mm-hmm. people and humans. Um, and that is not political. So no. I think because, and I, I had, I've been thinking about this a lot. I feel like this conversation is at a boiling point, but it's something that we've been gravitating toward much mm-hmm. longer than the last couple of weeks. I mean, Agreed. I, would even, I would even say that it started uh, during during the 2008 um, presidential election around the topic of a national conversation around race, mm-hmm. right? And so we're at this boiling point, but it's always been an uncomfortable topic. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I think it's more uncomfortable for white people. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Because they've, you've, been conditioned, as you said, just you don't talk about it. You don't see race. Mm-hmm. You don't talk about it. On the flip side, for people of color, Black people in particular, it's, I mean, we start talking about race from the very beginning with our children. Yeah. So mm-hmm. It's been a community conversation between us and social media has kind of forced us to have this conversation and it's uncomfortable um, on, on both sides and all sides mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. But I always say that like, and I'm sure you've heard this and thought this as an entrepreneur and a leader yourself, that the, the most magical things happen outside of your comfort zone. And mm-hmm. so even at, even past last week, I'm already starting to see some really beautiful things happen um, on the other side of this conversation. Well, we're still having it. But even now, just a week later, a few days mm-hmm. later, some really great things are coming from it. And I think if we tap into that uncomfortableness, just like we tell leaders to do that, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable and you, you have to kind of just work through it. Um, it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love about this, and you kind of, I think, snuck this in a little bit ago, is that this is very defining of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that honestly, and I think you and I even had this conversation maybe at the retreat, is that I was already feeling a little lost in my identity online. Mm-hmm. And it's, I realized because I wasn't really truly speaking out with who I was. I was trying to walk that tightrope of appeasing everybody. And, you know, I had even done a post um, a couple weeks ago. And I was calling out other white industry leaders Mm because I was like, y'all, I'm standing up. Y'all need to stand up. Yes, maybe because I'd feel a bit more comfortable too. But, you know, selfishly, we always want, you know, people to stand up with us. But just like you said, I feel like this is a conversation that has been needed to be done. And I... I am encouraged and I hope that it's you feel the same way and I hope that it continues that perhaps a social media really can gravitate more towards a really true authentic. You know, we kind of throw around the word authentic, mm-hmm. but how many are really putting their authentic self out there? Because if you had asked me a year ago, I'd have been like, yeah, Kia, I'm authentic. But was I really digging into who I was online? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that word authentic is um, is is hard for people because we hear it and we know we're supposed to be it, but nobody under- really talks about what that actually means to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this this um, kind of pull on if you're authentic, you're going to lose followers. Um, but I like to to make a, a case for your followers don't necessarily equal your community right? Mm -hmm. Your community is something completely different. Those are the people who are going to show up for you, who are giving you referrals, who believe they're raving fans. They're obsessed with Mm -hmm. you, right? That's your community. (laughs) They're reading all your emails. They're listening to your podcast. Those are your people. And guess what? They are only your people because they already know you. Mm-hmm. They already know you. So however you show up and how you have been showing up, they have this expectation of you kind of continuing the same or at least being um, super true to who you are. 
Um, and so it's not a huge pivot for them. So losing followers doesn't necessarily mean that you've lost your community because chances are your they weren't your community to begin with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I posted a big old piece out to people that had sent me negative stuff the other day. I was like, I just don't give up anymore. Right. <laughs> right. You can't. And the truth is like uh, Ben and Jerry's is a great example of this, right? Like, so they are, they have always been down. They have always been very vocal about Black Lives Matter and, and, and any kind of um, controver- what's considered controversial topics. Right? Oh, they went in to burn this to the ground. <laughs> but they always have, right? They always yeah, have yeah. been that. And so the people who, you know, didn't know that about Ben and Jerry's, I don't know how, you know, they're like, oh, we're done. We're boycott, whatever. We're not going to do it. Where have you been? But the people who yeah. loved it or who were exposed to it didn't know that. Oh, I saw all everyone. I'm only buying Ben and Jerry's now. So just because you have repelled the people that aren't your people, that can still be a good thing. Like mm-hmm. you could still have and maybe even be better positioned, right? To to repel the people that aren't your people that shouldn't be here and make room for um, for your voice to actually get out to the people that it's meant to get out to. Because honestly, having a bunch of followers who aren't engaging with your content, guess what? That's actually damaging your brand anyway. If we want to get down to the technical parts of social media and how the algorithm works, like you mm-hmm. want to get rid of those people who've just been casually following you, but never engaging in your content. So being able to say something to that, that makes them make a choice of like, yes, Rachel thinks how I think and I want, I'm all in in her community or no, this is not for me. It's actually a really good thing. So don't be afraid of that because you're building your true community. Um, and, and, and usually that will convert better for you. Um, if we want to talk about business than having a whole bunch of people who aren't really your people. I mean, hello, lower ad spend, but even just from like (laughs) outside the business aspect, I mean, that's kind of something that I've really had my heart awakened to through a lot of traumatic events I've had in the last just six months Mm -hmm. that I, I mean, I will say I was given the platform, not that I didn't have to work for it, but for me, like within the last few weeks is like, if I'm not going to stand up. I'm going to do a couple of things. One, I'm going to waste the platform that I have. Mm-hmm. And two, it's going to exactly what you talked about in the article. And this is the quote. Would you rather tell them and show them explicitly what they need to know about you or give them space to make their own assumptions? As a social strategist, trust me, you don't want them to make their own assumption, which not. is <laughs> totally true. Right. When you give people the space to decide who you are, is when we really get into disappointment, right? Because they they have created this figure that is probably an impossible standard to live up to anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, being able to, to say emphatically, this is who I am and leave no room for, um, for confusion is always a good thing. And, you know, one thing that I was thinking about as I was preparing for this episode is even going into this, I was like, you know, Kia knows me, Kia knows my heart, but how tough do I want the conversation to be? And then that leads me into thinking of, well, how, I mean, I honestly feel, whatever, I'm going to put this out there, whether we edit this or not, (laughs) you and I can talk about it off the air. I feel like a lot of white industry leaders like myself 
are unsure how to take the next steps and speak out, right? Like they can buy in, they hear, we don't want assumptions. We want to know what your heart is. We want to be authentic, but we don't know which way is up sometimes. And like one hand of me is like, well, I'm not going to, obviously don't want to put that burden on my black friends. Mm -hmm. And the other side is, but there's like 500 bazillion articles out there that are all competing. And of course me in Rachel fashion, I'm like, Okay, I'll do what I do, but then it also circles back to I want to do what's right, not because I know my perspective is tainted a bit, right? It is washed a bit. So what would your recommendation be for those that are like, okay, I'm on board, Kia. Let's take these assumptions off the table. I want to speak out, but how do I do this correctly? Yeah, so the first step is deciding how you want to speak out. And so that would go into like the the three um, types of way to speak ways to speak out but and we'll get into that but I think the most um, natural organic thing to do right now is to be truthful so this is your moment to be authentic of okay I am reconciling this within myself right I mm-hmm. found out some things about myself that I didn't like it's ugly I'm embarrassed by it I'm committing to do better mm-hmm. I am also going to take the time to make sure that I do this right. So what I can tell you is this, I I recognize that this is where I am. I am committed to Mm -hmm. changing that behavior and Mm -hmm. I'm committed to, you know, surrounding myself in an environment where I can learn more, absorb more. And this isn't something that I can send a document out and or an email out in two days and saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is a constant life mm-hmm. commitment for me right now. So it's going to ebb and flow. Um, and it's, it's going to look different depending on what's happening. So I think that what I saw on my side um, was a lot of people working really fast to tell us all the things that they were doing. And I could not cringe more last oh, week. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and only don't be sorry because I'm, sorry, I'm apologizing for all people who can't figure this out right well, now. Also, no. So, like you know, everyone was doing reconciling last week. So I also realized that I have to step away from like judging and really mm. look at it at like what is the heart behind this. And then also, my commitment is to watching you. So if you've told me that you're going to do these things, okay. Like in 2022, I still expect to see those things. I just got um, chilled when you said that. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like that's kind of been my thing. As I put a poll on Twitter and I asked, you know, are you going to choose to buy or not buy from a company based on putting them out of corporate statement? And actually majority of people said, no, that wouldn't make a difference. But the follow-up comments were exactly what you just said. It was about identifying the actions that would be consistent after that. Right, right. I got a lot of um, people saying that they were going to create scholarships and you might edit this out and it doesn't matter to me, but just on the real. Um, and to me, that was the one thing that made me cringe most, right? Mm-hmm. We're, like, we're creating these scholarships for black women. And I'm like, guys, like I get it. Like you want to do something quick, but we are also not charity. That is not mm-hmm. what it's about. Like, mm-hmm. I can afford to buy your course, your product, whatever, you're going to have to earn me buying it. Like you putting out a scholarship is not going to change everything. And it also, we start getting into like the white savior. Oh, exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but 
my commitment was when I saw that to go to the, to those influencers, those entrepreneurs and say, Hey, I see you trying to do great. Think about this. Like I, mm-hmm. and, and you might decide to still go with it. That is your business. I just want to give you <laughs> like some insight on how reading that, that you're creating a scholarship after 24 hours of this national conversation on race for black women comes across as really just, oh, I'm doing some charity work Mm -hmm. Um, instead Mm -hmm. of doing the real work of, or continuing work. So, um, and I got some, I had some really great conversations from some people that I already admired and respected. Um, So we'll see, we'll see where it goes. But I do know, again, going back to when you have served your community, Grace lives there. So I know that they weren't doing it from a place of uh, malice Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. thought that it was the right thing. And maybe it is the right thing for them. And that's what they decide after a long, um, uh, taking some time to think about it. But uh, you have to, it it is, it's like a little minefield. You have to kind of be careful that you're not coming across as like trying to save the world. Um, I had a, a, me and my friend had a good laugh because we kept seeing um, a lot of people saying, I want to, I want to share your my your voice with the world, and I thought, girl, I have more more. <laughs> more <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? Like, this isn't. This is asking us to work together, mm-hmm. like truly work together. That's what this is about. This is not about you um, saving me or or people that look like. Well, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, you keep saying this phrase of like national conversation. And so it almost makes it sound like it's one conversation, but it's not. It's like an umbrella of like a menagerie of conversations. And, you know, what you're talking about is I've seen direct conflicts in groups. I mean, Facebook groups are imploding Uh. because you have, I mean, think about it. It's not like all white people and all black people got together in their own conventions and decided, okay, this is how we're going to help. This is what we're going to do. Everyone's a different person. So the way that you would take something, someone else may not take that, you know, and the way that I may convey something, someone else may convey it a different way. So that's why I love that you keep circling around grace. And, you know, maybe it's a little too late for some people, at least right now, (laughs) not have provided some authenticity before this. But now's a good time to really start moving forward with it. And I mean, because I know I've had big pushbacks of not even people like upset that I'm bringing the narrative of Black Lives Matter into my um, into my brand and everything. But their their questions are like, how does this fit into your teachings? Well, for me, legal, it's kind of easy. I can come up with a variety of things, but there are some industries or companies out there that. How would they answer that question? I mean, what would you advise them in that situation? I mean, I can see the answer, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And it was pretty interesting with me. Obviously, we have clients all on the service-based personal brand side, but still very different industries, right? From travel mm-hmm. and Disney to like, <laughs> to like, <laughs> right? So it was interesting to just navigate from a, from a professional standpoint. Okay, how do we do this? And so I really think um, I tried to relate it back. And that's why I ended up writing the piece because I had to sit down and be like, okay, how are my clients? How are we going to show up for my clients right now? Um, and really, so if it doesn't 
um, it, if it isn't a, a, a true fit, I think that's when that subtle speaking can come in. Um, mm. So the three ways I say that you can show up are um, as a bold speaker, as a subtle speaker. And I, I want to add a, a caveat uh, to that, that subtle does not mean meek or mm. it, it doesn't mean that what you're saying isn't powerful. Um, it just is showing up in a very different way. Um, and then the third, the third way to show up is as a facilitator. And so mm-hmm. that bold speaker, um, th- most of the time it fits like perfectly, a per- perfect puzzle piece into what you're doing. Just like you said, you're an attorney. There's le- like, it makes definitely makes sense for you to be talking about that. My Disney agency, not so much, <laughs> <laughs> not so much. So it's about um, intersection. And so mm-hmm. what I try to do is figure out like, where does what we do fit into this conversation and mm-hmm. what already exists, whether it's a quote, whether that can give us some inspiration of what to say and how to say it. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of thought behind it, um, but it doesn't have to be that perfect puzzle piece for you, especially, mm-hmm. um, especially when at the end of the day, we're all serving people. So there's mm-hmm. no way that this conversation doesn't include you. Like it doesn't matter what you do unless you're not serving people. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like who's not serving a person on the other end of whatever transaction you have, whether it be service or product. Um, and and because this is a people issue, then everything fits. Yes. That's why when people come at me with like, keep politics off, I'm like, this ain't politics. And I go on my whole rant. This is people. This is heart. And they never hardly ever <laughs> have a, have anything to say in return. Because how are you going to respond when you say it's a heart people issue? Yeah. I mean, that's the, a reconciliation moment for them. And I'm glad you say it because it is. It's one of those uncomfortable things that we're not supposed to talk about. So they hear race and it, they lump it with politics. And so it has to be political um, or, or religion, right? You're not supposed to talk about those things. But when you drill down to it just being a human who can fight that who can argue with that mm-hmm. Who can't? Mm-hmm. so i want to circle back to what we were talking about kind of seeing action you know obviously everyone's in like this sprint mode of you know and i do believe and i try to give a lot of people benefit of the doubt that it is in their heart either they've had a change of mind or if they're really wanting to step up and you know i've had my own introspection of how i could do more and that's wonderful but like looking forward how would you advise people for their, you know, in context of their social media? And I say strategy, but I don't really want to mean it like with the end result of gaining business. I really mean it in like putting their heart out there and putting a line in the sand of what they stand for. How would you suggest they start injecting this? Because I don't know. I, for me, you know, I had always tried to include diversity, but I'm white. So my photos of myself are going to be white. Yeah. So I would try to use stock photos to show diversity. And I think yeah. you and I had this conversation. I was like, is this disingenuous yeah. for me to put a black girl here? Uh-huh. Because it's normally my brand is me. And it, so we're we talking like low key stuff like that. Or what are what would you suggest social media strategy over the long term? Do you want to see more overt actions? Yeah. So I think that it has to, whatever it is, it has to be organic. Right. So um, if you're, if you look back at your last 27 posts, your last 27 posts 
if you're mainly showing you and your family and that's what your community is used to, don't mm-hmm. post a black person all of a sudden. <laughs> like, <don't, laughs> but really find those areas where you can collaborate organically with someone mm-hmm. of color. So it might what might happen is your social media images might still look very close to what they look like right now. But who's on your podcast? When you're mm-hmm. using stock photos in your blog posts, who are you? What what stock photos are you using? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there are so many different ways when you when you have your next big collaboration, uh, a project that you want to to bring in another entrepreneur um, with. Like who is that person? So mm-hmm. it might not happen today. Like your social media uh, uh, feed might look a lot clo- uh, really close to what it looks like now. But Mm -hmm. if someone pushes back on you, you'll be able to say, well, I have this thing planned with this person and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm working on, on, uh, you know, my, my podcast is, was like 10, and I'm not using you as an example. I'm just saying. You can if you need to. (laughs) Like, you know, before it had like 10% women of color and now I've intentionally made sure Mm -hmm. that I include more women of color that are on my podcast. So it might look a little different and it might take some time for you to get there. I would rather you make a plan, Mm -hmm. start taking action that might not be performative. I might not be able to see it right now, but if I ask you a question, you can say, I'm doing this, this, and this, um, and that it's coming. Because like I said, this is a long-term commitment. And Mm -hmm. so posting something this week, is it that, that none of that is is impressive? This is this is the long game. So let's I, say that again. Just because you posted a black square last Tuesday, that's not impressive. Not at all. So I would just say start. Not necessarily thinking about this. And I know I'm a social I'm a social strategist, but I also think about everything. So like your entire online digital footprint. What does mm-hmm. that look like? And making sure that it aligns. And so it's bigger than your social media, your Instagram feed. It is so much bigger than that. It is how you're choosing to to do business, right? It, who you are working with, who you're collaborating with, who are you elevating? Um, and, and so that might not look so different today, tomorrow, next week, but over the long term, it will look different and it'll feel different too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen this from being in groups, is I'm finding that it's more white attacking white in trying to put the voice for my black, like speak for my black friends. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, white girls sit down. <laughs> you know, like, but at the same time, I'm here trying to speak up too. So I have to like, remind myself and that it's, I guess, for me, what I have been encouraging my fellow white influencers, industry leaders is provide the platform, obviously not in a tokenizing manner, right? But like what you're talking about, like a long-term provision of platform over time and make that commitment to diversity. And because I feel like I've looked, I've sat and thought about this a lot because I wanted to make sure that if I'm going to speak out, I also need to make sure I'm being effective and kind with the way I'm speaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, I'm still learning in this, but I know for me, it's been a very, what's the statement? It's not enough to be, um, 
against racism, you have to be anti-racist. Yeah. And or to be not racist, you have to be anti-racist. Right. And like for me, that is kind of really what made me go, whoa. You know, I felt like if you had asked me even a couple months ago, I'd have said, yeah, I'm injecting diversity into my, you know, plan. And I've been doing that for years. But was I really, truly being actively anti-racist when that is a core piece of who I am and when I want to project? And so that is a question that I want to put out for those that are listening that may, whether and we say white industry leaders, but if you have social media and you have some followers, if you have friends, you have a platform. Absolutely. For sure. So use it. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a hard thing to navigate, but again, um, <laughs> it's so funny about what you were saying in groups and, and uh, uh, everybody just wanting to, to tear each other up on, on black women's behalf. I don't know if you know many black women, but we're pretty good at being able to talk for ourselves. So I, but it has been, um, I, it's just, uh, a subtle navigation like it's it's you don't want to come off performative Mm -hmm. um and when you're something that i have learned is if you if you're too angry no one can hear you right because you're telling me to scale it back a little bit no that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like if everything's an argument then nothing's an argument well, it goes back to if this is really a heart issue, then speak with the heart. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, that's just as plain as plain as it, it can get. And at the end of the day, we just want more education and for more people to understand. And it's mm-hmm. hard to do that on social media. And it's even harder if you're coming at it from an angry place. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, when Black people are talking about racism, um it can be off-putting and feel and and you might feel shame around it. And so your first um, your first uh, action might be to get defensive. Yeah. I think where our allies can step in is they might be more open to hearing it from mm-hmm. you. Um, and so I think that's where where allies can can be helpful. Um, but at the end of the day, like we're all we're all able to speak out for ourselves. We just want you to speak your truth, speak truth to power. Um, and it doesn't have to be on my behalf specifically, mm-hmm. just on the behalf of, of us all just trying to be good humans and raise good humans. Mm-hmm. Which kind of brings us full circle to this whole like three ways to speak out. Like I said, I'm going to link this article. It's great that Kia put out. And obviously her social media services, especially during this time and going forward, because you guys are going to make your plans now after listening. She is a great person to provide some great strategic input, especially including, you know, anti-racism and diversity and inclusion into your um, social media marketing plan. But I would encourage that we did, we kind of just ended it on this whole, you know, it is a hard issue. Encourage you not to look at this just as a business strategy thing. Like, am I going to pacify my customers? Because as I've talked about on the podcast and I, you know, I always try to bring to the forefront, even though I talk about legal and marketing and all of this at the end of the day, my business is so I can have a life. And mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, my eyes even been open is that I have a business so others can have a life too. And that doesn't mean like necessarily that, that you're, live, but so that they can have a life that they want so that I can help to be a part of that. And I really think many people underestimate 
the way that you can do good through your business. You don't have to go open up a charity. You don't have to do a nonprofit. You don't have to get a bill passed. You know, you still can do grassroots, ground floor um, change through social media postings. Yes, you can. We we just all witnessed it happen. So and incredible, <laughs> incredible. Well, Kia, thank you so much for your time. I know that you're extremely busy right now. And I mean, as always, you have done wonderful things. I appreciate you being a wonderful friend to me, answering these tough questions for me. I hope that you guys listening really, really got some good knowledge out of this. What we're going to do is stick it to rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 126 because it's episode 126. I'm going to link all of Kia's stuff there as well on um, her social crown site all of the links directly to how you can find her um, a lot of great stuff if you guys have any questions at all please feel free to also jump into the business bites podcast group on facebook obviously this is a subject matter that is really important to business and life so we are definitely going to have a um, thread dedicated to it. We would love to hear what you're doing to enact change in your business on these national conversations. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of The Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com. Until next time.